Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. This is normally when we do a mailbag, but the Chiefs lost. They lost in embarrassing fashion. They lost to a bad football team. It's time to air some grievances, and boy, do you guys have a lot of grievances. We had to really pare it down this week. Uh, Here to help me air grievances and give their own takes... First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane. Hello, pal. How you doing, Kent? I'm excited to talk about the uh, upcoming 2020 draft as this is the first uh, draft <laughs> show of the 2019 Unoff- season. Unofficially. I mean, we're at that point, right? Like, we, we lost the Titans. We might as well mail it in. Yeah? <laughs> uh, also with us. I think that's the rule. Also with this rule. is Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. <laughs> He is having a fantastic day. He is not at all upset of watching this defense perform not well <laughs> against the Titans. How are you doing today, Craig? Yeah, yeah. Sup, guys? Let's let, let's do this. I, I got I got takes this week. Yeah. Normally, apparently, I've been tagged as rant guy. I've been getting a lot of people in my mentions just like. I mean, you are. You were definitely at the shoe fits. Wear it. I don't know how. That, I I don't know. I just some well, things get me excited. Like well, Jack Conklin sucking a lot. Therefore, you're rant guy. <sighs> I have a quick trigger or something. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot of things to cover. If you aren't aware of what the airing of the grievances episodes look like, basically, it's it's an opportunity for you guys to get some of your takes off. I read them aloud. I've compartmentalized them all into different subjects. We'll go through and just read some of you guys' takes, some of your angst, and then we'll just kind of talk about the root of that angst. So the first one, I think we got to start. You guys are mad at us. Uh, <laughs> so we'll just start there. Andrew Richard 6, stop picking blowouts. I'm looking at you, Kent, Craig, Matt. Yeah, we earned that one. Blazing J00, Kent Swanson needs to stop live tweeting games. I'll wear that. Dat and Yado says, neither fun nor run was established. <laughs> Big, Lars Ru- Li- Big Lars Brew, the fun is yet to be established. Uh, not your normal hero. Now is a good time to promote the next KC Draft Guide. It's week 10, and I'm ready to find out what late round pick can replace Cam Irving at Fisher's backup. Thank you guys all. Uh, Maddie, I think you alluded to it before the game, though. We need to stop just all picking blowouts because bad things happen. Anytime I feel like we've all three picked a blowout, this is going back to last year when we kind of started this, it's never a blowout. It's not always a loss, but it's just a close, sloppier game than we expect. Anytime the three of us are in agreement that the Chiefs are going to win big, you can just go ahead and cancel your afternoon plans. You will be watching the game until the very end. 
oftentimes ending up upset afterwards because we are just 100% incorrect when we pick blowouts across the board. Or, or, you know, maybe just don't watch because it's going to be incredibly frustrating and they'll do something insanely moronic in the last five minutes of the game if we all pick blowouts. Or several things that are moronic in the last five minutes. several insanely moronic things in the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, this this is on us. We'll we'll take the blame for it. I, I mean, that's what my mentions are on Twitter anyway, so I'll just go ahead and take the blame for it. I am picking the Chargers to win by a thousand next week. I just want to that, focus on the draft guide. So, can we move on to the draft section? Yeah, the KC draft guide will be available in April. Pre-sales will start sometime in early 2020. Uh, okay, Andy Reid time. Andy Reid, it is time. We'll start with you because everything starts with you, Andy. Scarred Chief, maybe he's the Alex Smith of coaches. The real K swag. Why does Andy Reid always have to try cute plays to prove he's the smartest guy in the room? Uh, Joshua Evers. Were there any coaches in the building this week? <laughs> Jesse Alkire. Nothing will happen. Andy Reid takes responsibility. Nothing changes for this team. And they continue to slide. I think Corey Peter also had a take in there. Uh, yeah. Craig, I'm sure you have some Andy Reid takes. I just... I, I don't get how this team can be this undisciplined against bad teams. It And it starts with Andy, and it kind of ends with Andy as well. I mean, it propagates through all the players and the coaches and everything like that. but Permeates throughout the building. Permeates throughout the building. I mean, when they showed that Andy Reid hadn't beaten the Tennessee Titans twice, did anybody else sit back and look at the broadcast and think, you know what, the Tennessee Titans really haven't been good for ever. ever. Like, I mean, they've had a couple decent seasons here and there, and Andy Reid can't figure out a way to beat them. And every time we've seen him with the Chiefs, we I mean, we have seen one win against the Ryan Fitzpatrick Titans, but they always find some sort of dumb way to lose. It's just, it's undisciplined. And Andy always takes the blame, but he really has to wear the full blame for this one this week. That's an utter meltdown by an undisciplined team right there. I think of the three of us on here, I've probably questioned Andy Reid the most. This definitely in no. our DMs. I keep it I keep it a little low-key, but I, I question Andy Reid quite a bit. Because here's the thing. You go into last week. Andy Reid is one of the very few coaches in the NFL that is going to get Matt Moore in a position to beat that Minnesota Vikings team. One of the very few that can do that. And he's going to have multiple games like that every single year you are also going to have games like this. And it seems like he has multiple games like this every single year. The general demeanor of the team is incredibly soft. You've changed over every defensive starter besides Chris Jones. You've changed over nearly every defensive coach, and the defense still plays without a lot of confidence. And they don't not necessarily play hard, but they just allow themselves to be physically and mentally dominated throughout different games, When they get punched in the mouth, they seem to fold. That goes back up to the top. And I know we want to sit here and say there's not a better coach available than Andy Reid. And I don't disagree with that. But I feel like if you could jump back seven, eight, nine years to Philadelphia Eagles fans talking about Andy Reid, the exact same conversations would be being had about him there. One of the best three, four coaches in the NFL. He also seems to just breed 
this lack of ability to get it done in the big games, not even in big games, sometimes in non-big games. He just something about the control he has over the entire team isn't enough. And I did. I know people with Andy Reid. I think he's a phenomenal coach. But you have a lot of history now saying these same problems exist with Andy Reid teams, no matter what coaches or players are on them. Maybe the problem isn't with somebody else. Maybe the issue does go all the way up to the top. I think we've talked about this at some point in the last couple months. Andy Reid is the master class. You know, uh, he, he's he's exceptional at taking the blame and and everyone treating it as cliche. Like he literally just owns every single mistake that happens within that building. Every single time anything happens. And everyone is just like, yeah, it's just Andy being Andy, you know. It's just, you know, hey, oh yeah, everything. But it it deflects kind of any blame from him in some regard too. It's just this weird dynamic where because he is so upfront about owning every single mistake, and there's plenty of them, that he just kind of he almost gets a slide. It's almost like on deaf ears at times. It feels like it's really frustrating. And we're just gonna continue to see that more and more because he's always gonna it's always gonna start with him and. You know, you know, Okay, the penalties. I think there was plenty of people upset with the penalties. Kersage says, uh, oh, this this was a good one. He took a screenshot of Dustin Colquitt, you know, like confused, and wanted to voice over D Ford's, was I? <laughs> too <laughs> I soon, thought that Crestage. was really good. Too soon, too soon. Oh, man. D Ford was offsides in the Monday Night Football game, too. Didn't get called. Uh, lumber trading. And oh, by the way, I think the, uh, the, the Niners got a fumble because of that too so good things are happening when d4 lines off sides now uh this was a really good one from my, my pal uh, lumber trading uh he says the chiefs will rarely win close games with all the penalties think about the afc championship we just assume we can overcome them on offense but the same penalties happen on defense too uh there's no margin for error it's not a culture of discipline out there the Chiefs, this is where this is the really interesting thing. The Chiefs are number one in the NFL in defensive holding and are number seven in penalty yards. The number one in defensive holding is the one that interests me the most because part of the, and we'll get to the cornerbacks at some point, but part of why you look at the stats and the stats say, well, they only gave up this amount of passing yards. Well, part of it is because of all these stupid holding penalties where there's holding on for dear life. Bashad Breland. Yeah, I think this goes back to the Andy Reid point. There, It does seem to be a lack of discipline of the Chiefs players. Sometimes there's penalties that are committed because some players aren't playing good enough. Bashad Breland withholding penalties just holds along the offensive line. But other times there's penalties being committed that just have no business being committed. It's just sloppy, undisciplined football. And again, that goes right back up to the top when this starts to become a staple over multiple players, over multiple coaching changes, it comes from somewhere else. It just You don't just put on a Chiefs uniform and all of a sudden get bad at that. There is a reason that the, they seem to be undisciplined, especially lately, these last few years when it comes to penalties. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And we saw an offensive pass interference wipe a touchdown off the board. Now, that's not to say that, that that's necessarily a quote-unquote undisciplined penalty. That is very obviously a pick play that they ran Half the time those get called, half the time they don't. But that offense then was set up in a long-distance situation. 
then necessitated a hold by Cam Irving, setting it up into a longer distance situation. Now all of a sudden a touchdown turns into a field goal. That's four points off the board. Guys, they lost by three. So uh, you just can't have mental errors like that. You can't constantly be digging yourself these holes in them because, frankly, this team just does not have the mental fortitude nine times out of ten to get out of those holes, even with Mahomes back there. And Mahomes is you know, playing fantastic, but you can't just constantly be relying on him to go superhuman and bail you out at every single moment, and penalties are a large part of that. Also, sidebar, Mahomes has bailed them out, like, basically every time, too. They had a first and 24 this week that they uh, they converted that set of downs. 24 seconds left of the game, they put him in field goal range, and then you know know what happens. I I mean, come on. Like, he does, which, no. You can't okay. count on that. I know, but he's really freaking good. It yeah. feels uh, like they are very content with counting on that, which goes back to the issue at hand. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get there. I think we have it basically there uh, later in the show. There's some uh, there's some players uh, that people really wanted to talk about, and I think this is you know there's just a lot of good stuff here. Uh, Aerodontis Winchester has been a staple of consistency as the linebacker, but has a key mistake at a very critical moment. Also, I hate Derrick Henry. Okay, that's that's a, I like that one. Uh, Cam Irving might have done more for this team than poor or might have done more bad for this team than poor special teams play. And then Alex Boner says, uh, "Send Cam Irving on a rocket ship to outer space." That's very harsh. I don't want to send him to space, but. You have given me a window to talk about Cam Irving, and that may not end well. Guys, do you know, enter the Google? weekly session of Ken's rant. Yeah, here we, this 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 might happen again. Google has uh, if you search for Cam Irving's name, go ahead, everybody. You can go do it right now. Go ahead and do it. Uh, if you search for Cameron Irving's name, Google omits the G. In his name, when you search for it, go ahead and go ahead and check it out. I'll wait for a second. I'll give you a second. Um, it's uh, yeah. I I don't know why. I wonder if the cornerback, Deshaun Sims, or that that took his soul when he was pulling around and got knocked on his butt by a cornerback. Maybe that guy took the G from him. I'm not sure. Pete Sweeney. Our our dear pal, our fearless leader, he um he talked about uh yesterday, you know, there was a really bad chain of events that happened with with Cam Irving. It started with Cam Irving, the Cam Irving domino effect. Uh if you're not aware of the domino effect, Cam Irving got beat off the off the ball by an off by an a defensive end. Pat uh, Pat Mahomes got obliterated, blindsided. Rolled into Mitchell Schwartz, who got hurt and ended his long streak of of consecutive snaps played. That ended. The very next play, Martinez Rankin had to play left tackle. He got hurt. His season's over. An abhorrent, awful, very dangerous three-snap or two-step section of that game because of Cam Irving. Patrick Mahomes... About got killed. We about we were, we were, we got to know pretty quick how the knee was going to respond to contact because there was plenty on the ground. Then Mitch Schwartz gets his streak ended. 
Then Martinez Rankin, who is having a decent season, has his career or his season ended. Cam Irving is a he's a hazard on the football field. And any of the critiques that we're making right now, he should absolutely wear because Cam Irving did not want to be an interior offensive lineman. He asked to be a tackle. He preferred to be a tackle. Well, you got your shot, buddy. And now everyone in Kansas City cannot wait until Eric Fisher, a decent left tackle, an average league average left tackle gets back. That was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to go off a little bit better. but Would you rather have Conklin or Cam Irving? I would rather have Jack Conklin. Yikes. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins at left tackle. You know, Yikes. you might not be wrong. It's unfortunate. Do you know, that, do you know they, the Chiefs were going to have an emergency? They, they were going to play a tight end at an emergency offensive lineman? Put him at left tackle. Let Blake Bell try over there. Would you rather have brand new offensive tackle Jackson yes. Barton? Yes. <laughs> you didn't need to finish the sentence. Chiefs acquired Jackson Barton today, guys. I was one of the first people to really question Cam Irving playing offensive tackle for the Chiefs. I think plenty of people had reservations. I just go back and I when relying kind of on watching Cameron Irving coming out of Florida State as an offensive lineman. He could play any position, they said. He gets drafted, they try him out at tackle, it doesn't work. Just the way he plays football does not look like it works at offensive tackle to me. It just nothing about it's worked. The Chiefs have tried it. It has been a disaster from the get-go. I was one of the first people to sit here and say, I, this is just not the answer. I almost feel bad at this point in time because it has just been so bad. It's been one of the worst performances of football I've ever seen. And I don't know if the Chiefs don't think it's that bad. I don't know if they just simply don't have another option. But at this point in time, like his poor play has actively gotten multiple players hurt. Like, at what point in time do you just say, okay, this may not be working? There is more than one snap every single game that Cameron Irving can't even get his hands on a rusher. I don't mean a late blitzer that he tries to pick up late. I literally mean a guy lined up across from him that he knows he is blocking, that just runs straight around him. He doesn't even touch him. He almost hurt himself today or yesterday trying to get on Harold Landry as he just blazed by him. Cameron Irving was so late trying to get him, he almost hurt himself trying to stretch out just to trip him because he couldn't block him. I don't know how that's possible for a guy that is starting at offensive tackle in the NFL. I just don't get it. I don't know how they have not tried to find a fix. Yeah, uh, I can't add anything more to what these guys have said. He's awful. Get him off the field. (laughs) Cameron Irving didn't want to be a G. And so Google took the G out of his name. That's not bad. I know it's not bad, but I'm not even in a mood to enjoy it. You should have led with that one. I know. Yeah, that that was clearly the the best one of all of that. I'm off my game. It starts with me, guys. It starts starts with you. It starts with me. Are you sure it doesn't start with your backup left tackle? Kelly Clark... Says, why was Mike Pennell inactive? Saunders is a rookie and doesn't know how to anchor it. Josh Zachariah. Pennell should have been one hundred or should have one hundred percent been active. You knew Tennessee was going to run. I have an air I have a grievance with Mike Pennell. 
I have a grievance with Mike Pennell because it's obvious that Mike Pennell did something to Steve Spagnolo or his family this week to the point where he was not going to be active for this football game. So Mike Pennell, whatever horrific thing you did to, to Steve Spagnolo, I have a grievance for you because that's the only logical reason I can come up with for you not playing in this game. The, the Titans do one thing well. Actually, no, the Titans do a lot of things well, we found out, because they were going up against the Chiefs' corners. We'll get there. This is a running football team. Mike Pennell wasn't the only problem with the run defense, but does he get washed on that on that run by... Uh, the, the, does he get washed like Joey Ivey did? I don't think so. Sorry, Craig. I know Bro, he wasn't the only problem with the with the with the running game. I think you had some things about the linebackers. I I, you I wanted do. to say. I just think it's so funny that a 28-year-old journeyman defensive tackle is garnering the amount of attention from not just Kent, but literally every Chiefs fan out there for being inactive. Guys, I believe the Chiefs thought that they were going to be playing with the lead. So they wanted they Joey. Were. They, they were. They, they wanted were. They wanted Joey with the lead, Ivy's pass rush out there when the Titans had to throw. Oh, Joey Ivy's pass rush. What I'm were they going to do without I'm, Joey Ivy's pass rush? Just trying to justify it. The difference but, in the uh, game is going to be Joey Ivy's pass rush. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, kids really heard about that. Guys, did you know A lot of that 122 of Derrick Henry's 188 rushing yards was with the Chiefs in their base defense when they had all of their heavy personnel on the field. 122, that's 11.09 yards per rush. With Mike their Pennell heavy, didn't give up a yard. With their heavy rushing. personnel. Reggie Ragland's on the field there. Colin Saunders, Derek Naughty, Chris Jones playing defensive end. These guys are out there. The heavy personnel that worked the previous three weeks was out there on the field. Yes, minus Mike Pinnell. Maybe Mike Pinnell makes a bigger difference than than you know these other guys did. But it's not like the heavy personnel lined up and did their jobs this week. They did not play the run like they did before. Gap discipline went back to just being god-awful again. And these linebackers are just getting constantly washed and over-pursuing. The defensive ends are not squeezing backside cut lanes. And then just flat-out missed tackles. Guys, it was all bad. It's not just this one guy in there that is going to make that significant of a difference. Yes, he should be in the lineup next week. I'm not saying otherwise, but... It's more than just that one guy that things went wrong out of the base defense this week. I think I'm with Craig. I don't know how a guy that was a free agent until week eight has gotten so many fans after such a short time when he essentially has played to do one exact thing. Now he's done it well. He's helped stop the run. So did Derek Nottie. So did Colin Saunders. It's not like Joey Ivey was terrible against the run when he did see action. So all of a sudden, this guy that was good against the run, just like all these other people, is going to make a massive difference when this everyone else decided to be bad again. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think there's bigger issues. I think we're about to talk about it, but Craig hit on it. The gap discipline was wildly inefficient this week. The linebackers looked like they were back to just kind of hanging out, doing their own thing, letting blocks climb to them rather than attacking. I don't know if they were afraid of 
Ryan Tannehill pulling the ball out and running around the edge. I don't know if they were afraid of the Titans play action passing attack. I don't know what it was. They looked a lot more timid. I saw multiple times where two linebackers were in the same hole while the other linebacker tried to scrape over the top that left nobody there to squeeze down on the backside. It was a mess all around. I will say Joey Ivy makes the most sense for your three tech if Chris Jones is playing outside. Joey Ivy makes your best backup three tech out of guys that are pure defensive tackles that the Chiefs have on their roster. It makes sense to put him out there. Without Emmanuel Ogba and potentially without Alex Okafor, I would not be surprised to see him still be on the roster. Now, with the Ogba injury, you might get Mike Pinnell back too. But if you're putting Chris Jones at defensive end, you might also want a backup three tech at times. Joey Ivy makes the most sense for passing downs for that reason. If you want an L, then bench Pinnell. See Stevens 903. How can we stop Minnesota for the vast majority of the day and in the clutch, but not stop Ryan freaking Tannehill when it counts? I do not understand. Ryan Tannehill, man. I mean, you witnessed it. He was able to move the ball. He went three for four for 61 yards on that drive. They hit on a giant play action pass. Ryan Tannehill may have only completed 181 yards passing, but he only threw it 19 times. He had a higher yards per attempt than Patrick Mahomes, who threw for 446 yards. This is not a situation where the Chiefs' defense you know, was has been particularly great. We've been saying it for weeks, guys. The process is not the same as the results. And it it cropped up against a bad set of receivers and a bad quarterback. And I just, bad I don't. offensive line. Bad I, scheme. Yes. The whole bad thing everything. was bad. I, the whole bad defense was team. bad. So it's it's just not. It doesn't give you hope going forward that you're going to be able to really step up and do it on a consistent basis. This took all the wind out of the defense's sails. You go for three weeks playing up to your opponent, stepping up when it matters, and then you come up against a team that if you play to the same level that you had the previous three weeks, you should steamroll them. You should do everything because you match up very well against everything that they do. And then you let them come in, and that offense hung 28 points on this defense and was able to move the ball pretty much at will, particularly there at the end of the game. That's unacceptable. I'm going to save most of my past defense takes for a little bit later because I believe we have more of that coming up. But I will say the Chiefs defense after the game, some of them seem to think that the Chiefs dominated the game and that they were just a couple big plays away from uh, winning and having this game locked up. I think that kind of attitude, that belief that you had dominated the game is part of the issue here. The Chiefs came in, and this is just in my opinion, no proof behind it, thinking they were going to win this game. And I think that came down from the very top all the way to the last player suiting up on the game day. I think the Chiefs thought they were going to comfortably win this game. Now that they didn't come out and care try, you saw them at the beginning of the game looking fired up. Just as Mm -hmm. soon as it wasn't a complete blowout, as soon as the Titans didn't roll over, the game started to change. The offensive side of the ball took Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. The defensive side of the ball does not have a Patrick Mahomes. That that was pretty much where it ends. They thought the Titans were going to fold. The Titans didn't fold. And then the defense looked like they were lost trying to cover them, trying to stop them from scoring anytime they touched the ball in the second half. 
Ryan Tannehill was just out to embarrass the entire 2019 draft class. McCole Hardman's lucky he wasn't playing defense last yesterday oh because goodness. Ryan Tannehill ran over Juan Thornhill and Rashad Fenton, uh, took their souls. And then Rashad Fenton got picked on mm-hmm. by Adam Humphreys. <laughs> Adam Humphreys. Fumbles. Rye Oreo. This is this is a very this is a very I think this one's pretty clear. Ball control, ball control, ball control, ball control, ball control, bontricle, and last lastly, ball control. I don't understand. Like, this team is really bad. I believe they are the worst fumbling football team in the National Football League. I think they've lost nine fumbles. Your quarterback does not turn the ball over. You have a very easy, very likely chance of winning the turnover battle every single week if you don't fumble the football. Patrick Mahomes, for all the amazing things that he does, does not really throw very many interceptions. And he's getting smarter and smarter every single time he steps on the field. But yet, this team continues to fumble the ball in the least opportune times. It's it's rampant. It is a disease. It is a fumbling disease for this team. I think the Chiefs are a little bit of a finesse team. Part of being a finesse team when you're this talented is constantly looking for big plays. You're constantly trying to be a guy that makes everything happen. The Not the last thing, but it's not the forefront of your mind to think high and tight. It's not the forefront of your mind to think this next defender might be trying to rip out the ball. Opponents know that the Chiefs are trying to turn every play into a home run play. They're raking at the ball. They're punching at the ball. Chiefs players, again, are trying to turn everything into a home run. And yeah, it's led to terrible ball security. I think it's still a little bit fluky. I think fumbles are still a little bit fluky. You can have a player. You can have two players that are bad at holding onto the football. Nine lost fumbles on the year is incredibly high. I don't think that it'll keep up at nearly one a game for the rest of the year. But that's not to say that there won't be another poorly timed fumble just because of how the mentality of the Chiefs entire team is in terms of trying to be this big home run hitting team at any given time. I just, uh, we had a running back that got benched for fumbling. I mean, sorry, load management. And, um, and we put in another running back and gave him the rock and he put it on the ground. And not only did he put it on the ground, it was returned for a touchdown guys. This defense already has a problem rebounding standing up you know making you know kind of building against the momentum that the opposition is gaining and we're, we're just seeing this time and time again I know we talk almost every week about these quote-unquote fluky fumbles they are fluky but when they keep happening time and time again different players it just uh, take care of the ball that can't happen. You have to take care of the ball. This defense cannot take these blows. Chiefs haven't lost a game by more than a score in forever. And <laughs> they they just keep turning the ball over, and the opposition keeps scoring off of those turnovers. Touchdowns, not field goals. It, it's a major problem. All right, we're going to take a break. We have more grievances to air right <laughs> after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. 
As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, back to air more grievances. This is fun. Let's start with the pass defense. Spider-Woman, 69, can't stop the pass. I mean, Tannehill is elite and all, but seems like we showed up weak all day. Kodak, Matt, it was only a matter of time before our our secondary got exposed like this. Kodak, Matt, you're absolutely correct, isn't he, Craig? Yeah, he is, unfortunately. It's been all season long that the results have been better than the process. Rashad Fenton, I've been saying it all along, is not a nickel corner. I mean, he's he's trying his damnedest out there. Don't get me wrong. He makes a play every once in a while, and he's at least not afraid to come up and try and hit a quarterback on his way to getting truck stick. But um, <laughs> but he he's trying from that. He's not a nickel corner. They know it. That's why he's only playing 14 snaps. They're in the nickel and dime way more often than that. Tyron Matthew is having to rotate down and play in that slot, which weakens the secondary yet again. You've got guys like Jordan Lucas and Juan Thornhill playing deep. Both of those guys had very, very poor weeks. We saw Charvarius Ward kind of get beat over the top. I know a lot of people are putting that on Jordan Lucas. If that's on Jordan Lucas, then that means that Charvarius Ward was not covering his zone with a cover two, Or he wasn't close enough in trail to kind of squeeze the window with Lucas over the top. Either way, it's poor technique. So you you can't... uh, There's just way too many errors like that. Bashad Breland had a defensive pass interference that led to a touchdown. Shocked. Shocked. They're just getting beat by bad receivers. They haven't played a ton of great receivers. And the ones that they have... Minnesota, they got lucky that Kirk Cousins was bad. And then Houston, the receivers dropped the ball. So I I think that there are more of these that could potentially be coming. I am frankly worried about it. That's why I wanted a cornerback all this time. Not only because it allowed you to do with more with Tyron Matthew, but quite frankly, the performance just wasn't good enough on the outside. Yeah, I think that this. I, most people should have seen this coming. I know that Charvarius Ward has been playing a little bit better this year, but when yes. you go back mm-hmm. and break down the process, when you look at each and every snap here, like you're like Craig is saying, they got lucky that Kirk Cousins was being bad. Kirk Cousins. They've got lucky in other games where, and it's not just Charvarius Ward. It's Bashad Breeland. It's Fenton. It's Fuller. Yes. It's 
any cornerback. The safety's a little bit less so, but still sometimes these guys are just not always in good position. And for whatever reason it may be, maybe it's a good pass rush game. Maybe the quarterback just doesn't see him. There has just been time after time again where a guy is running free, the cornerbacks are out of position, and they're not covering them well. You all of a sudden see it this week against a not great group of wide receivers and a not elite quarterback. They come out here and they tear them apart every time they throw the football. And you can't even blame this game's like pass defense on the linebackers. They went at the cornerbacks. It was the cornerbacks giving up these plays. It was the cornerbacks with these defensive pass interference and holding penalties. They did not look good. I would expect more teams to attack them, especially if the Chiefs are going to continue to go out there and sell out to stop the run like they had done in some weeks past. Why would you not attempt to throw over Charverius Ward deep? Why would you not make Bashad Breeland run until he grabs somebody? Because it's bound to happen eventually. Fenton did not look good at all when running vertically. I think the last couple of weeks he got to stay a little bit shallower and he looked a little better. You get any of those reps where these guys are pushing him vertically and breaking their routes off, he did not seem very smooth in his transitions. That's actually how they beat him for the game-winning touchdown was going right at Fenton on a deep in-breaking route. They just didn't look good. They're not good. They are a bunch of number three cornerbacks that are playing. Well, Fenton's still developing. The other guys are a bunch of number three cornerbacks that are being forced to play as your top cornerbacks. I don't even think Kendall Fuller fixes a ton of that unless he all of a sudden returns to his 2017 form, something that we have not seen when he's been with the Chiefs. It's not a good group. Your hope is that good safety play helps mask it, which it can as long as you get Fuller back. Tyron Matthew gets to play back in his original role, but it's still never going to look good if a team attacks them. It's just not. Do you guys know the name of the receiver that caught that 52-yard pass? Do you know the name? I, I've okay. honestly, yeah. Um, it was Don't Khalif it. Raymond, I believe. Good Googling. Uh, I, I, I said who, I, I don't know who that was. Um, uh, and I don't think it's entirely Charvarius Ward's fault that he's a number three corner having to be the number one corner on this no. football team. The Chiefs are sick. The Chiefs are sixth in positional spending at the cornerback, sixth to last in positional spending at the cornerback position. They have spent no draft capital higher than a sixth. They have spent no more money than $2 million. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. A prorated $3.5 million on Mo Claiborne, who they can't even put on the field. They spent $2 million on Bashad Breland. They traded Parker Anger for Charvarius Ward. Next year, they are last in positional spending at the cornerback position. But the difference between them and all the other teams with under $2 million spent at the cornerback position next year is that they all have someone to hang their hat on. A guy that you're excited about. A guy that you think has a potential. Like, I don't know, Carolina with Trey Jackson. Or is it Trey Jackson? Dante. I'm losing. Dante. Dante. See, like, I'm just losing my mind. Trey Flowers is one of the guys I was thinking about with the with, Seahawks. Who with the Seahawks. There. Shaquille. With, with, yeah, I, and Shaquille yeah. Griffin. So, yeah. like, they've got guys, too. The Chiefs don't have anyone to look forward to. They don't have anyone under control next year. It's bad. Brett Veach is part of the reason that this cornerback group sucks. He's, he is the reason this cornerback group sucks. Mm-hmm. They haven't spent. They don't have a short or a long term plan at corner, and it's going to bite them this year. And then it's going to turn around. They have to. They need to. If they don't overcompensate next year, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> uh, this team is soft. Is the next category. I like this one. This was one of my favorites. LV Nick 702 tackling is back to being a joke, making Tannehill look like Christian Okoye. 
Johnston 29. It might bode better on this team mentally to have to win three playoff games to get into the Super Bowl. They need to feel like they can't win before they give a proper focus to those games. OMG, it's power. KC is a really bad team disguised by an MVP quarterback. Woo! The best one. Kevin Wade, 55. That's my old coach. I don't think you guys knew that. Uh, maybe quit worrying about fans selling tickets and start worrying about tackling. <laughs> the takes were flying. This, and they're all right. <laughs> this team is so incredibly soft and it's so damn infuriating. The, uh, for three weeks, for the last three weeks, this team needed to step up, needed to play well all around, and they did. They did it for Matt Moore. They did it in, Ma- in Patrick Mahomes' absence because they could. They needed to, and they could. And then immediately when Patrick Mahomes gets here, they just revert because they're soft. Something goes wrong, they say, hey, Pat can handle it. So they just kind of take a step back. Something goes wrong in the game, they roll over and die. The Chiefs come up with a fourth down stop. They did well, had a fourth down stop in the two-minute warning. The offense gets the ball back, fumbles the snap, and Dustin Colquitt throws it away, gets an intentional grounding call. And then the Chiefs' defense gives up four plays, 61 yards, and an immediate score. Just rolls over and dies. They're soft. The mentality that they've tried to put on this team, the players that they've tried to go out and get and make change the mentality of this team, it hasn't happened. And these are guys that have that mentality, that have that dog mentality to quote one of the dogs on the team, and they still don't have it. They can't inflict that kind of mentality on these players, and instead... They play like this during the week, they get off, they go to Twitter, they search their names, they get in their own heads, they're spending too much time thinking about the optics of how things look between Sunday to Sunday, rather than, you know, kind of buckling down. And we know they're capable. We saw it the last three weeks. That's why this is so infuriating, because we know they're capable of doing it. They can get back out there and do it, but instead, we've just got the same old, same old, the same stuff that we saw the first six weeks of the season, the same mentality, and the same kind of roll-over-and-die attitude that we've seen for the past two years. It's it's infuriating. You just compare and contrast the two teams, the Titans versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs come out with the ball at the beginning, drive right down the field, look unstoppable, score a touchdown. The Titans have an awful start getting maybe an iffy call on the fumble. Chiefs would take over the ball right there in the Titans' 20-yard line, look like they should go up 14-0. Do the Titans quit? Do the Titans roll over? No, they hold the Chiefs to a field goal. Okay, Titans offense comes back out. What do they do? They immediately punt again. Are the Titans down down 10-0, getting nothing going on offense, ready to quit? Nope, they forced the Chiefs to punt. Granted, there was some misplays in here, maybe a potentially drop Paul, but that's part of the Chiefs' offense. The Titans are still sticking on. They score a touchdown. They get the fumble return for a touchdown. It's now a ball game again. Move into the second half. The Chiefs took the lead, forced the Titans to punt, then had a 63-yard jump pass go for a touchdown. If there is not a reason to just have a defense lose any desire to keep playing or a team to lose any desire to keep playing, it's having a 63-yard jump pass completed on you on third down. Titans came right back, drive down the field, score again. 
Chiefs counter. Chiefs come right back and score. Then stop the Titans. This is like the fourth chance for the Titans just to quit on this game because they're clearly playing a better team. Chiefs make mistakes after they can't complete or execute a third and two, give the ball back. Titans end up winning. That's it. Like the Titans had every chance to quit. The Titans had every chance to call it good, say we put our best foot forward, the better team won. They never did. Adoree Jackson got absolutely beat up all game long. On a third down, the Chiefs targeted Tyree Kill down the sideline against him late in the game. Did Adoree Jackson tip the ball away? Not exactly, but he was right there in Tyree Kill's hip. He made body kind of, he made the catch incredibly difficult. Adoree Jackson, a player that had been a doormat for the entire game, steps up and made a big play when they needed it. Who did that for the Chiefs? Not a single player. This guy was beaten down all game long. He showed up when he needed to and made one play that helped change the entire outcome of the game. Who's doing that for the Chiefs? Nobody on a consistent basis. It just doesn't happen. The Chiefs were given two opportunities to quit, and they took one of them. The Titans were given four or five, and they said, no, thank you. We're going to keep playing as hard as we possibly can the entire game. And this isn't the first time the Chiefs have done that this year. This isn't the first time the Chiefs have done that under Andy Reid's coaching time in Kansas City. Uh, Maddie kind of alluded to it earlier, but I'll just come out and say it. There was a... There's a Chiefs post-game show, and it's it's the Chiefs it's the Chiefs run show. It's I don't know, it's called Chiefs Rewind or something. I don't know. Mitch Holtis after the game is interviewing Anthony Hitchens. We'll just tell you the name flat out. It's Anthony Hitchens, and they're asked they're talking about the game, and Anthony Hitchens basically says, "We dominated the Titans. If it wasn't for the offense giving up a fumble." return for a touchdown, if it wasn't for those two explosive plays, the Derrick Henry touchdown run and the play-action pass out of a timeout, he added that little comment for some reason, like the timeout had anything to do with it. I mean, that is just – that's an awful mentality. That's the green dot on your – that's the green dot on your defense, by the way. Who is out here? We dominated the game, except for we didn't. We gave up big explosive plays. Also, hey, don't forget about the fumble on offense. Like that's just that's awful. That's not cohesion. That's not team. That's not a team mentality. You don't go pointing fingers. The offense has had a lot of reason to point fingers the last two years. I don't think I've heard one peep about it. No, instead, instead you've seen Chris Jones with the mic. Uh, getting picked up apologizing to the offense on the sidelines for the performance of the defense that was last year I, I yeah yeah and you hear it you hear it every you hear it every time this team loses we got good guys we got good guys in the locker room i want good football players who are going to hold themselves accountable they got an accountability problem frank clark's out here i know a lot of people want to give frank clark a lot of crap but that guy's playing with pinched nerves and he's out here trying to play through some stuff. Whatever. I just that's just an awful mentality. Your green dot is saying stuff like that. Your green dot saying stuff like that. Come on. Patrick Speaking of post game interviews, I love how reporters know to go to Frank Clark to get a good sound bite because he will kind of say what's on his mind. He doesn't really hold it back. But then the fans' reaction is to pretend that like that's his decision or like him making that happen when he said that they came out, 
They played soft in the last drive. They didn't expect Ryan Tannehill to come out with as much fire as he did. And the rookies, but, the rookies got exposed by Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill ran over two of them. So he was right. Sorry, no, he Maddie. was, and that's no, that's what it is. He was saying what exactly happened. And yeah, he is part to blame because he was one of the players that went out with that mentality. But I like how reporters know you can go to him to get that quote, and how fans take it as he was the only one playing like that, or he is the reason they were playing like that, rather than hey, he's just being real with you. And I know why some people, especially some people that have been around the NFL, think you keep that within the locker room rather than saying it out in the public. But at this point in time, I don't think it matters where Chiefs players are saying it when it's consistently happening. It just It's out there. It's nice for me to hear it from players. At least they know what's going on rather than keeping it all hidden. It's just, now how do you fix it? Please quit telling me about it and go about fixing it. Beats, we've got good guys in the room. That doesn't do it for me anymore. I've heard it way too much the last two years. I don't need Orlando Skandrick telling me we got good guys in the room. How'd that work out? Patrick the Crutch. That's what we're calling this next one. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of honesty about Patrick Mahomes and how basically the rest of this team kind of shuts down around him. It's true. Shout out to Benjamin D. Foss, UT Chiefs fan, Jason Klein 90, Ethan Conkey, BT and KC, Cruxy 87, and CMS Schwinn. Uh, here's some of the comments about Pat. DR73 Sen, I'm starting to worry that the whole balance of the universe theory from the mailbag show a few weeks ago has some stock. <laughs> Chiefs offense and defense simply can't be good at the same time. Darren D. Piggott, the problem is obviously Pat Mahomes. When healthy, he beats the defense so bad in practice it demoralizes them and makes them play timid and weak on game day. The real K swag, why does the defense only step up when they know they don't have Mahomes to bail them out? Jacob LaRue, Mahomes won't resign if we can't win while putting up 30 plus. I love that. It's just like panic. Pat's not going to sign here. Dan Heiserman, Patrick Mahomes deserves better than KC. The best one. This probably is my favorite tweet of the day. Ryan Stalkup. Why is Patrick Mahomes this defense's kryptonite? <laughs> so I think that Craig or Kent are going to give you kind of the more, the fun answer to this on why Patrick Mahomes like maybe None of this is fun. emotionally this is fun, or mentally causes the team to play worse around it. But I'm just going to talk kind of logically here for a second. Teams playing against the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes know the Chiefs are going to put up 30 plus points. Teams, offenses, and defenses when they go up against Patrick Mahomes know they need to bring their A++ game. The Tennessee Titans knew that they were going to have to score points to beat the Chiefs. They're not going to come out with the idea that they're going to win a game 20-17 to 17 playing against Patrick Mahomes like they would against Matt Moore. They're going to bring out more plays. They're going to bring out play action, deep shots off of timeouts. Like, that's unheard of, I guess. They're going to bring out <laughs> a bunch of other stuff that they wouldn't normally do because they know they have to put up points. Patrick Mahomes makes teams play out of their comfort zone. The problem is... If they're playing out of their comfort zone, you can't really prepare for it. You can't prepare for a team doing something new because they know they're going to have to. So that kind of that offensive mindset from the opposition, like the Titans, does have an effect on how the defense can perform. Same thing with the Titans defense. They know they're going to get beat. They know Pat's going to get theirs. I think you saw it last year where players kind of got demoralized seeing some of the stuff he did. There's, they're getting to be used to it now. Teams know that he's going to do something dumb that's going to want, make them want to throw their hands up in the air and just ask, what are we supposed to do next? But I think players are at the point where they know it's going to happen. They've come to terms with it. It's no longer demoralizing to them. They just know they got to do more. They know they got to bring that one or two extra plays. They got to make that one play because it's going to make a difference. 
the idea that having Patrick Mahomes, such a good player across you, makes the other team play better in terms of preparation once they're leading up to the game. It also makes coaches make inactive, active decisions like keeping Joey Ivey as your three-tech because he is a good pass rusher. Planning, thinking that you are going to be defending the pass a lot more than you're going to be defending the run, even though the Titans are a heavy running team. Or, in Steve Spagnuolo's case, going with a 4-1 dime early in second and mediums with Dan Sorensen in the box because you're worried about the screen game, you're worried about the linebackers and coverage, so you're already resigned to the fact that they're going to be throwing the ball more often, and then they don't, and set themselves up in some you know good situations. It makes you make silly decisions knowing that you can gamble a little more because Patrick Mahomes is so good, because you know that if you get beat, hey, you give the ball back to him, he's going to be able to go get his. But it's not the mentality necessarily that I would prefer that this defense to have. Let's talk about Dave Tobe because we're running out of time. Matt Crocker, 89, Uncle Dave is just trying to Put the head coach rumors to bed early this year. Three gate gravy cats. Dave Toba's cheeks. Why do the Chiefs hate their fans? Feel the burn 990. Special to special teams F minus grade. Sports talk Evan. Uh, oh, that's oh sorry. Give Sherman the ball on third and two, and we don't see Tobe's special teams play subpar like they have all season. J Tobe J Trob uh, just simply said uh, fire Dave Tobe. Fire David Tobe, which is very on brand to use the complete name. Uh, Dave Tobe has not been good this season, and for a guy that has so much roster control at the bottom, you know you can get you can deal with it if you're not going to have any problems on special teams. This special teams unit, basically in every phase of the hidden ninth of the football game, uh, I said hidden ninth because it's not a third. I football is not special teams. Finced. I just. Dave Tobe, everything he touches has has been a mistake. Uh, there's just so many issues, and it's getting hard to justify the the roster control and all that stuff. Someone just can some can the Redskins just hire him as their head coach for for crying out loud? I don't think we need to go too far into this. I think the attention to detail from Dave Tobe has been wildly miscalculated the last couple of years. Special teams rules have changed with the kickoff return, and I think it's clearly not benefited Dave Tobe's idea ideology about returning kicks. I he think made the rule. He, he wrote made the rule. The rule. He, he was part of making book. the rule, and he has been one of the worst at adapting to it. The reason his kickoff teams do so well is because he does a good job. He gets to bring in so many different players and put them out there. He gets way too much control of the roster. The people that are on dressing up for the game, they better be good, and he gets a really fast guy back there that just runs. That's fine. It works. But when you start losing the attention to detail, when you can't prevent your guys from holding on every other return, when you cannot figure out how to block six guys on a field goal block, when you're using the same cadence every single snap for an entire game that they clearly already had a tip about because they were listening for it from the get-go, all these things, his attention to detail lately has been awful, and the positives from his return game simply haven't been there. The one time the special teams have made this, this massive boost to this team was a couple really good punts by Colquitt and just the concept of putting Tyreek Hill back at punt returner that forced the Vikings to punt short twice out of bounds. Guess who has absolutely nothing to do with that? 
Dave Tobe. And buy some damn pants. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least knee-length shorts. I mean, come on. Thighs, the thighs do not need to be out. This is a family I mean, They're the not working. Out, the thighs are not working. If the working. sky's out, the thighs should be out. Okay. Uh, third and two. A lot of people, some people want to talk about third and two. Uh, Maddie, I'm just going to let you rant really quick. But P. Desan Chief, you have two plays to get two yards and win the game, and you call a tight end screen. It's to Blake Bell, by the way. Casey Moma, I don't understand, Reed. Third and two, run the ball. If you're going to pass, then we should have been passing before that down and just going for the end zone. Um, Maddie, just... <laughs> I, I did not like the call. I, yes, I did not like the call. I think this was as dumb as running the football like we did last time when we needed to pick up a fourth and one against the Colts and we got stuffed because we, yet again, we took the ball to Patrick Mahomes' hands. Don't try to tell me that this puts the ball in the MVP's hands. It was a called screen play with the only other option that Pat could have possibly thrown to being Tyree Kill on a drag route that was going by a bunch of traffic. Those were his only two options. This was not a chance for Patrick Mahomes to make a play. His entire job was to check it down to a screen that was incredibly well defended because it was a middle screen to a tight end that Patrick Mahomes had to rule to the same side of. It was to a player who, quite frankly, has looked terrible anytime he has had a ball thrown to him this year. Everything about the play was bad from the person who was targeted, from yet again Andy Reid is trying to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands to help finish the game. I understand we have had at least one, if not two, games iced by running back screen so far this year. I get it. And if you tried to call that on a third and eight just to have a nice, safe play, sure, it's third and two. Get your best players out there. I don't need to see two tight ends on the field for third and two if you're throwing the football. Get your best players out there. Travis Kelsey had been killing the Titans anytime he was targeted. Not sure why he wasn't targeted more. Tyreek Hill had a phenomenal game. I don't know what the idea was to throw a tight end middle screen to Blake Bell on third and two either put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands and actually let him make a play, or yeah, if you're not going to do it at all, then run it. If your goal is to take it out of his hands, just run the ball. It's even safer than whatever the heck that was. Don't be a coward when you coach. QB sneak anyone? (laughs) Too soon? I would have lost my mind. They should have put in Matt Moore in a QB Uh, sneak. There you go. Just a few few miscellaneous negativities. Uh, Techno Brad, I'm so tired of this team losing to bad teams. Killer Bee's dad, pink slips. I want them. Garrett 720, yeah, this team isn't making the Super Bowl. Kansas Chaser, Chiefs can't stop the stupid that costs games. Feel the Burn 990 says, this guy won today. How? And it was the video of Luan owning up to his mistakes. And uh, Pushhead 2 says, better now than later, but is there a later? Well, we're going to find out in the next six games. Uh, That is going to do it for the grievances. We'll be back with a mailbag later this week. We're going to do a game preview for Monday since the Chiefs play on Monday Night Football. That's going to do it for the grievances. We'll catch you later.